Hello and welcome to The Widow Podcast. I am your host, Karen Sutton, The Widow Coach. I am a widow, a mum, a health coach, a life coach and grief coach. I want to help you see that you really can create something truly meaningful after loss. You have everything you need within you and I want to help you find it so you can see how capable and amazing you really are. Helping you find a more positive way through your grief. Hello and welcome back to episode three of the Widow podcast. I wanted to talk today about 10 things I think every widow should know. Now, (laughs) there obviously is so many more than 10 things, um, but for the sake of time, (laughs) um, I thought I'd narrow it down to 10. Obviously, more things are going to be covered as you know, we we go down this podcasting journey together, which I am still incredibly excited about. Um, but I, I kind of wanted to start off with with ten things that I think are good things to know, to understand, to maybe um, acknowledge when you're on your grief journey. Now, obviously, you know, you're all going to be at different stages of of your grief. And some of you will have already figured some of this stuff out. Um, Some of you won't have. Um, But hopefully there will be something here um, for for everyone, wherever you are in, in your journey. Because I think it's something we are always, always learning about. Even now, you know, I'm nearly five years in now. And I am still constantly learning about grief and how it evolves and how it affects us and how we carry it and how we deal with it and the impact it has on us as we go, you know, on this journey. And it is a journey. And and I, I kind of talk about it being a journey, but there's not really an, an end point. <laughs> there's not a, a kind of destination that we're getting to, um, that everything feels okay. Exactly in the way that when I talk about our healing journey, there's no end point to that. You don't get somewhere and, and you're healed and it's dealt with and it's gone. It's it's a process. Um, the, the, the journey, the healing, the path, it is a lifelong process because grief lasts forever. You don't get over it. It doesn't go away. You don't suddenly become healed, better. You've moved on. That bit's forgotten. This is your new life. It's just not like that. You, You learn to carry it more lightly. You build a life around it, okay? The grief, the grief itself stays the same size. Um, there's a, a, a you know an, an image, isn't there, of the 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 ball um, in a jar or a box or a bottle or or wherever, and and the ball is you know huge, and it's it takes over the whole of your life, and it's it's squeezed into this box or bottle, um, and it it kind of impacts every corner of your universe. Now, I believed in the beginning of my journey, that this ball got smaller 
And then eventually over time, it just became this little kind of dot and maybe it would even disappear. <laughs> but no, 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 that's not what happens. The, the grief stays this size, that, that hole in your life stays. But what you do is you create a life around it. Okay. So essentially the, the box, the bottle, the jar gets bigger. As we grow, as our life grows, as, as, as we create our new normal, that grows around the grief. So it's not impacting our lives as heavily, as rawly, as painfully as it does in the early days. And I think that's something actually that is, is a, a general misconception in society, in life, um, for, for many of us. And understanding, actually, there is absolutely nothing, nil, nada. There's nothing you can do or say that takes that away from you. And I think we live in fear of that a lot. We live in fear of, well, if I do that, that means I'm over it. That means I no longer love my person. It mean, no, means I no longer grieve for my person. It means I've healed. It means I don't care anymore. It's rubbish. It's absolute rubbish. You know, you can go on, you can remarry, you can create a new life, you can have more children, you can move home, you can move country, you can do so much. But your grief, your person will stay with you forever. The sadness will stay, the love will stay, the, the relationship, it changes. Of course it changes because they're no longer physically here to have that relationship with. So we have to find a new way of continuing that relationship, that connection with them. But it doesn't go away. And I think that's something that we all have to, to realise. Um, and, and even people that are supporting us need to realise as well that it is a lifelong journey. It's here to stay. And it's something we are continually navigating our way through. But that's OK, because I've got to a point now, actually, in my grief where, you know, I still have my bad days, my bad moments, but I'm grateful for them in a way. And as much as they floor me and they're heavy and they're sad and they're horrible, that's my love. That's my love for Simon. I spend some time connecting with him when I feel like that. I allow the feelings to be and I don't want them to stop. I don't want them to go away because in my mind, that means the love is no longer there and that's never going to go away. Right. So it's, it's just about learning what the reality of grief is, I think, and, and helping yourself to understand what it means for you in your world. So number one, you don't get over it. Two, secondary losses. Who knew about these? I knew nothing about these. Um, I think it's more talked about now and I think we understand it more now. But secondary losses, you, you know, the losses that come as a result of your person dying. Now, when you're widowed, I believe they're almost endless, the secondary losses. You, you know, your, your, your identity in life, your, your sense of self, your future, your income, finances, home, intimacy, relationships with others, your, your parenting partner. There's so much. It affects everything. Holidays, you, you know, the list truly is endless. And when you keep, you know, as you keep going down this path and, and you keep going through this process, 
something else comes along and you start to realize something else, you start to notice another thing and, and they just keep coming at you and you have to give all these other losses the time and the space that they need as well because they're, they're huge. Some of them are absolutely huge. You know, your parenting partner, your identity, your sense of self, who are you now? Where do you belong in this world? Where do you fit in? How is this going to work when it's just you? How are you going to go on holiday? How are your finances going to work? Where are you going to live? What car are you going to drive? You know, what relationships are going to continue? What aren't? So many unanswered questions, so many secondary losses. And, you know, I think it's really important that we understand this. It's, it's not just about your person. It's about everything else that comes with it. Number three, there we have this huge misconception that when we talk about our grief, our loss, when we ask for help, when we need to offload and talk to, to people, we are being a burden. We are boring. We are moaning. We're being miserable. We're bringing the mood down. Oh, I can't talk about that. Nobody wants to hear it. And I can't ask for help. That's weak. It's pathetic. You have to change the dialogue. You are not boring. You are not moaning. And you are most certainly not a burden. People want to help. Genuinely, they really do want to help. But we're terrible. We're terrible. All of us are terrible at going, no, it's okay. It's okay. I'm all right. I'll figure it out. It's fine. Um, you know, I'll sort it out by myself. I've got time at the weekend. I'll do it then. We, we don't need to do that. We need to take all the help we can get, especially in the early days. We need to speak our truth. If people don't know what's going on for you, if, if we don't tell them the truth, they don't know. They're going to assume you're actually okay when you're really not. They want to be there for you. They want to listen, help them, guide them, be honest with them, let them in, show them your vulnerabilities. I know it's hard, but in doing so, you will create deeper connections with people. You will feel less alone and less isolated in your grief. The overwhelm will reduce because you're letting people help you with the things that you've got going on. There's so much, there's so much we gain from letting people in, from letting them help us. It's not forever. It's not permanent. Remember that you are going to find your way. You're going to figure this out just right here, right now. You need a little bit of help doing that. And that's okay. Stop beating yourself up. Stop talking yourself down. Let people in, let them help you. Number four, people do not understand grief. I don't know about you, but I didn't understand grief. Oh, not at all. You're thrown into a world you don't know, you don't understand. It's scary. You feel vulnerable. It's overwhelming. It's full of anxiety and fear. And you feel so lonely. And people don't get it. And when, when we talk to somebody, um, and, and not always on a very deep level, people come back with platitudes. And I've done it, you know, oh, you know, it's okay, and they're in a better place, and at least they're not suffering anymore. Um, you know, at least you haven't got to care for them anymore. Um, it's God's way. God takes the, the good ones young. All, all this kind of stuff, people mean well. They do mean well, but they don't understand grief. We don't understand grief as a society. And I think we have to educate people. And this is why I do what I do, because we have to educate 
grievers and those supporting grievers because our our knowledge is so limited and it's archaic, quite frankly. And again, I think we have to guide people a little bit on grief and grieving and what it's like and how it feels and how long it lasts and things that help, things that don't help. And it's letting people know, actually, sometimes you just want someone to sit with you in your pain, in your grief, and that might make them deeply uncomfortable. But you don't need the platitudes. You don't need the, the positivity. You just need to be heard. You just need to be listened to. You just need an outlet, you know, a, a, a place to, to share what's going on for you. And it's guiding people in that, you know, it's, it's, it is, it's, it's scary. And even now, sometimes, you know, you meet people and you talk to people, you don't know how people are going to react. You know, you can say one thing to one person and they're like, oh, thank you. That means a lot. You know, that's really, that really, you might, you know, like if you say to them, God, you're doing so well, you're so strong and I really admire you. You're so brave and courageous. And people said that to me and I actually took that as a, oh, thank you. That's really kind. I really appreciate you saying that to me. But I know other people, clients that I've spoken to, people have said that to and they find it deeply insulting. Because like, I'm not brave, I'm not courageous, I'm not strong. I'm struggling. You have no idea. You've just seen this snippet of me and you've made an assumption. This is killing me. What choice have I actually got? <laughs> so it's hard. It's, it's really hard to approach people that are grieving and to, to say what you feel is the right thing to say because what works for one won't work for another. Another reason why I think we need to be honest with people and say, I appreciate that. That's really kind of you to say, but actually that makes me feel a bit rubbish. <laughs> um, and, and, and own it and say it, because if people don't know, they can't change it. Five, the physicality of grief. Wow, it hurts. And the way it shows up in the body and the way it presents itself is real. I, I ended up in hospital twice, I think, with my grief once I thought I was having a heart attack um and another time I thought I was having a, a brain aneurysm or, or something called ambulances um and bless you know friends and family had to stay overnight with me and 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 there were times I would end up you know I'd be going to the doctors because something really hurt or I'd I'd had pains it was so real and I, I the I remember the morning of Simon's funeral, just having this numbness, this tingling in my head and this awful headache and saying to my sister, I think something's really wrong. And, and bless her, she Googled it. She Googles everything. <laughs> um, and, it, and it said in there about how anxiety and grief and, and all those unpleasant feelings that we feel can show up physically in the body. And this continued for me and I couldn't believe it honestly thought there was something desperately wrong and this is where we need to be kind to ourselves we need to stop take stock we need to listen to our bodies we need to rest grief is a full-time job and some there's no escaping it none whatsoever especially in the early days the very early the acute days of grief you know those first six months a year wow you, you know and we need to rest we need some respite. We need to nurture our bodies. And it, that, that kind of, that blew me away. I didn't realize it could, it could show up like that. Number six, it changes you. 
and it changes everything around you. I remember not long after my husband died, I was sat with a couple of friends and I said, I'm so scared. I'm so scared. This is going to change me for the rest of my life. And I don't want to change. I like who I am. I like where I'm at. I like my life. And I fought it and I fought it so hard. I clung on to everything that I could for so long until actually it was causing me more harm than good. And eventually I had to acknowledge the fact that I was changing. I had changed profoundly. My life had changed profoundly. And fighting the change was causing a lot more discomfort than I was already in. So I had to accommodate the change. I had to let it in. I had to make it work for me and not against me. And that was incredibly freeing and liberating and empowering and It's remembering, actually, things do change. Things are going to be different, but that doesn't mean they're going to be bad. And we have to remember that. There's been a lot of changes in my life. And yes, a lot of them have been changes I didn't want because Simon died. But actually, a lot of them have been very positive changes. And as a result, I am now more aligned and more more fulfilled in my life than I have ever been. It's taken a long time to get there. It's not an overnight process, but acknowledging that things do change, you do change, but making that work for you can really help because fighting it does just cause a whole lot more discomfort. Number seven, there is no wrong way to grieve. There is your way. And that is the right way for you. The way I do it, the way your neighbor does it, the way your best friend's cousins uncle I don't know if that even work but anyway you're gonna so many people are going to say things to you in terms of I know somebody who did this I know somebody who did that and this person went this way and they did it that way and you're going to take all this stuff on and you're gonna think oh I probably should do it that way because that's how they did it that's the right way there's no shoulds there's no right way there is just your way And you have to tap into that and you have to understand what works for you and what doesn't, because there's so many ways and we do it at different paces, at different times. All of it's okay. There's no timeline here. Okay, that like I say, there's no end point. There's no destination. It's just figuring it out in the best way for yourself and trusting in that. Tap into you. Trust your instincts. Let your body guide you. Honestly, you you have all of this. You have everything that you need. You have to find it. There's no wrong way. There's no shoulds. Just your way. Number eight, and it can be a harsh one, but your loved one has died. You haven't. It is not the end of your life. Their story has ended. And yes, that is horrendous. Didn't want it, didn't ask for it. It's just horrible. It's so horrible. But your story has not ended. Your story continues. And that is okay. You're allowed to go on and create a meaningful, full and vibrant life a life which you can flourish in, that you can love, that you can find joy and peace and contentment in. It is all there for you. You're going to hold yourself back 
with guilt, with shame, with fear. Of course you are, because that's what we all do. But you can work through those things and you can come out the other side of those things. And it's about creating an ongoing connection with your person. It's about finding ways of taking your person forward with you, honoring them and their life. So you don't feel so much like you're leaving them behind. I know it's sad. I know they've died, but you haven't died. Part of you has gone. I understand that. It has, but it's also going to reveal parts of you that you never knew existed. It's going to shape the person that you become. Be proud of that person. Think about who you want that person to be, because that person is flipping awesome. And your person would far rather you go on and live life to the full and watch you being miserable for the rest of your life. They don't get to live theirs, but you do. And I believe, I truly believe, that we should feel more guilty about not going on and rebuilding and recreating a meaningful life after they're gone than we should if we were to stay stuck in our grief, feeling that we were honouring them in that way. They would do anything to be here, to be making the most out of life. I know it's heavy and I know it's hard. I know it hurts like hell and it's going to for a while. But it will become lighter. You will be able to repave a new way forward. Taking your person with you, honoring them and their life and creating something wonderful. Life, I believe, has a wonderful way of being more joyful, more beautiful, more wonderful than it does tragic. But the tragic teaches us things. Like I say, it reveals parts of us we didn't know existed. And we can create a, a person that we can be truly, pow- be, be truly proud of and that our, our person would be proud of us for as well. Number nine, it takes a long time to rebuild from. And, and like I've, I've kind of touched on before, it's, it, it's, it does take a long time. It, it, it's, it's a very long process. It's not something that you, you get over. Um, it's not something that, you know, you wake up after a year and you're like, oh, that, that's better. Um, It requires patience, it requires a lot of understanding, and it requires a lot of self-compassion. And if we can do that, and if we can support ourselves and nurture ourselves through this journey, you know, we will get to a point where life can feel good again. But don't rush it. You can't box it away. You can't go around it, go over it, go under it. You've got to go through it. You've got to feel all the feelings and they're horrible and they're deeply uncomfortable and they're exhausting. But that's the only way through. We have to work through it. And again, everyone will do it in their own way, at their own pace. And that's okay. Do it your way. But understand that it's not something that is quick. 
that takes a, a few months. I always, I always kind of refer to the to the early days of grief um, as the first couple of years, you know, because they're they're the they are, and again it's different. That's, that's not going to work for everyone. But the first couple of years are hard. They're 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 really hard, and I think it, it's after that you you kind of start to rebuild a little bit from and, and find the energy to want to create something for yourself. And finally, I just want you to know that you can do this. You are doing this. You will be okay. You have everything you need within you already. It is there. It will come out. It will show you the way. You will be amazed at the things you're capable of. You will have moments of feeling utterly invincible, thinking, oh my God, I didn't know I could do that. I am amazing. And you will feel liberated and free and empowered. And and they're going to be great moments because you're going to do things you never believed you could do, but you're going to do them. You can do them. You're already doing them. You're going to continue doing them. You will figure this out along the way and you will be okay. It'll be a different okay to what you thought it was going to be. But just remember, different doesn't mean bad. You've got this. We can do this together. And, you know, meeting with other people on a similar path, it really does it really does help because it allows you to see actually there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, you can create something for yourself in which you can flourish in. Thanks again for listening. I hope, like I say, some of those things resonate with you, um, that they help, they support, they, they just bring some clarity, some understanding to a world that can feel very dark and lonely. Um, they're not the only 10 points. Um, there's many, many more, which I'm sure we'll talk about in, in upcoming episodes. But I just wanted to share those with you and, and I hope they help a little. Thanks once again. Sending you all lots of love as always. And I shall see you again soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today on The Widow Podcast. If you would like to find out more about how I can help you, please visit my website, www.karensutton.co.uk. I would love to help you find your way forward to a brighter future. So get in touch, let's have a conversation and let's help you take back control and find a more positive way through your grief. I look forward to hearing from you.